everyone, you're listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast, where we dig into the truth and in information. I'm Alex Sakaguchi, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Jyothi Swaroop. Jyothi, why don't you give our audience some insight into what you do here at Veritas? Thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, I joined Veritas, uh, what, about seven months ago now. Uh, I run product and solutions marketing at Veritas. Awesome. Cool. So we have a cool topic that we're going we're gonna to talk about today. Uh, both of us, in fact, were over in the south region, I want to say, well, we were in Brazil, right? Not like we were covering all of South America, but we we're in Brazil recently doing some, uh, some fun uh, Veritas events. What was your takeaway? You were in Sao Paulo, you were in Rio. Tell me about the experience, what was going on, what did you hear from customers, those sorts of things. Yeah, this was my uh, third time in Brazil, and I always enjoy going back there. The last time I was there actually was for personal reasons. It was for the World Cup, the Soccer World Cup in 2014. Uh, but as, as always, you know, Sao Paulo and, and Rio, they, they, get, they draw a huge audience. And um, the customers actually have a wide variety of needs and requirements when you go to Brazil. You know, people always talk about the first world country, second world, third world, and things like that. With Brazil, you get everything, a little bit of everything in terms of the IT requirements. So I thought, I mean, overall, the experience, since you asked me about the experience, was fantastic. We, you know, as you know, at both events, we had standing room only. Uh, we had customers from financial services, telecommunications, um, healthcare, across the board, I think. Every major vertical that you can think of, we had customers from there. And they talked about all sorts of challenges. So just just on that, so we can um, we can help our audience understand why we were there and what problems specifically we're solving. I think Veritas as a data management company, right? We're going down to Brazil. We're putting on a one of the events there was a vision. Actually, a couple of events down there were vision solution days, right? So we have our annual user conference in Las Vegas, typically. And then we kind of take that show and go out on the road towards these various uh, locales around the world, put on like a mini show, right? Like a mini vision. So as I know you were a keynote speaker in uh, Sao Paulo and then also in, in Rio as well. Was there anything that stood out as being a surprise to you when you were down there from a data management perspective? I know, you know, you're, 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 you talk to a ton of customers, right? There were a bunch of folks there, as you mentioned, it was standing room only. But was there a learning? Was there a takeaway? Was there something that, wow, that was surprising that you didn't know before? Yeah, there were, there were a few, but the ones that stand out are to do with everything that's going on in the cloud ecosystem, right? Now, I don't, I don't need to talk a lot about why cloud's important in today's right. world. Everyone's invested in it Obviously. in some, some shape or form. Uh, but if you go to Brazil, you would think, um, hey, they're, they're probably just curious over there in terms of hey, how they're going to start their cloud strategy and, and where they're going to end up with it. But what I found out was they, they want to go to step three right away. They're, they're a little late in, in hopping on the cloud bandwagon and investing and moving certain applications into the cloud, but they don't want that to uh, hamper them in any way. They want to go into, they, they talked about cloud data protection, they want to talk about cloud data migration, they want to talk about building cloud native applications. So the conversations uh, weren't just about, hey, help me with my cloud strategy. It was more about, I've decided to go the cloud way, and I don't want to wait for another 10 years to catch up with what people in the US and Europe are doing. I want to, I want to start with step three. I think mm -hmm. that was the, the big surprise for me. Uh, having gone there in the past, it's generally, uh, you know, we are a few years behind, so we want to catch up. But this time around, it wasn't that. It was, you know, we know what we need to catch up, 
uh, with the rest of the world when it comes to the adopting the cloud, and we want to do it now. So I, I, I think I can, um, I can relate to some of those points. Um, I think I saw both ends of the spectrum, right? You certainly saw those organizations that are like still somewhat deer in the headlights, right, when it comes to cloud. And then there's, our, the, there's uh, definitely a number of those organizations that realize that they have been late to the game and are looking to just accelerate beyond that um, as quickly as possible. What was a, a, a surprise to me, and I think presents some unique challenges for you know, software vendors to solve, is the breadth of that spectrum. You know, when you're kind of all looking to accelerate or you're all well behind, then you know, your subset and the way you approach solving certain challenges and how they apply to the broader group is one thing. But when you're that entire spectrum, mm -hmm. right, across the board, across industries, some are really, really slow and then some are really, really fast. I mean, just going back to some of the data that we pulled out of the Brazil region, 73% uh, of organizations in Brazil, primarily enterprise organizations, but have highlighted that they are cloud first, right? Whereas, according to our recent research, the average across all the countries tested was 56%. So, from a start now, cloud first, Brazil is actually way far in front. But we still had a bunch of the, the vendors that weren't even sure that they had a cloud strategy yet. And I think solving challenges in that big of a, you know, wide of a spectrum can be particularly hard. Yep. If, and obviously that's where we play, right? So why don't you talk to me about what, what, what you'd recommend or what would be a good approach, some advice that you'd give some of these organizations down there that are looking to accelerate their cloud approach and strategies? So I think the, the first advice was the approach to a hybrid cloud model, right? Not everybody can pivot every traditional applications that they've had for the last 20, 30 years into the cloud from the get-go, whether it's Brazil or elsewhere, right? Uh, and, and, you know, and they're open to that. They want to keep a lot of uh, their data on-prem and run with their tier one applications in a software-defined fashion mm -hmm. with storage that will support their tier one applications on-prem. But at the same time, everything that they build in the future, they want that to be cloud-native. So how do they pivot to that? And once that once they have this hybrid model, how do they ensure that these, these two hybrid things are working together, right? Whether it's their Microsoft Azure environment for their latest and greatest uh, containerized cloud-based application or if it's their, you know, Veritas InfoScale environment with their Oracle database running on it. They want to make sure that the data is, you know, working seamlessly between those two environments. Uh, and that was, that was, I guess, the first big piece of advice that I had to give them is, is just take that hybrid approach. Keep, keep doing it, and eventually you'll decide which is the best approach for you for the future. Now, if you just... I want to peel back the onion a little bit and go back, take a step back, and if you look at history, right, we went from... Uh, mainframes to client server to cloud. So centralized, decentralized, to centralized. But if you look, I just got my new iPhone X, by the way, which is sitting right here, Alex, if you haven't noticed. Um, Need one of those. <laughs> um, it's X for, X stands for expensive. So it is expensive. Just, just prepare to sell your kidney for that. Um, but, you know, these devices are getting so powerful. So tomorrow, in 10 years from now, the edge could be everything, right? Where edge devices will have all the compute and storage that a company needs to run their real-time analytics. So they don't really need to go back to the cloud for everything, even though the cloud is so powerful and so agile. So uh, these customers, by taking the hybrid approach, can be prepared for such a shift again in 10 years. I think, um, I think that's probably less unique to Brazil and more applicable to 
just about every organization, mm-hmm. right? Especially those that are that are around or have been around for years on end. I mean, they don't have the luxury of starting from scratch and just building everything on the cloud. They have the they have the challenge of taking everything along with them, right? The things that have been part of the data center, the those legacy systems or those you know those homegrown applications that serve incredibly important business needs can't simply just get rid of that or you know one day have it on the next day have it off right so i think the hybrid approach is probably the preferred model for the majority of enterprises out there having said that i think and this goes back to conversations that i've had with with analysts and certainly with customers i think the word hybrid has gotten misconstrued a little bit i noticed this in brazil as well where you know because they have a data center on prem that they manage and because they have an instance or multiple instances in an AWS environment or a Microsoft environment, that somehow they are a hybrid cloud approach or have a hybrid cloud strategy. Uh, but just the fact that they have you know, an environment that's on-prem, a physical environment versus a cloud environment doesn't necessarily make them hybrid. Right? And I think there's a, there's a certain element of data mobility, you mentioned that, application mobility, and, and seamless use of the resources that exist on-prem as well as in their public cloud environments that would really start to categorize that as a preferred hybrid cloud approach. And I know Veritas has some unique insight and some you know, unique solutions that help customers achieve that. As you presented the, the portfolio, um, was there anything in that portfolio that took you know, particular interest from certain customers down there, as you talked about hybrid cloud. I mean, you mentioned storage earlier, application movement. Is there any solution that was kind of, wow, that's surprising, that kind of stood out more than another? Yeah, I think there were uh, there were at least a couple. First one, obviously, being storage. Uh, a lot of the customers have forgotten that Veritas was the leader in software-defined storage, or we actually built software-defined storage even before the term was kind. Um, so they were like, mm, they were pleasantly surprised by that. But it's not enough for you to just do software-defined storage. You need to do actually, it Actually, sorry to interrupt you. I think on that point, you were actually joined by one of the column grandfathers or whatever, one of the original <laughs> software-defined storage I don't think innovators. he'll appreciate you calling him grandfather, I but... I, I know, but, I'm going to have to invite him on the podcast Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Day, let's call him that. Yeah, um, yeah he, you know, he's a brilliant guy. He was up on stage and he, he was uh, brilliant uh, with the customers as well, just going deep into every storage technology that there is. Uh, but just going back to your question, I mean... Software-defined storage is essentially just a piece of software that can run on commodity hardware. That's what it is. People put fancy f- definitions around it. But at Veritas, we're doing it differently because we're, we're, we're taking a best-of-breed approach firstly, right? Uh, there are lots of storage companies and storage products out there that are like Swiss Army knife for storage. If you want to pitch a tent, you need a hammer. You can't use your Swiss Army knife. So that's the approach we're taking to storage. We have products for file block and object that we've purpose-built from the ground up for different types of applications and workloads. And all of these um, storage infrastructures will run on your commodity storage of choice, whether it's from HP, Dell, Seagate, Huawei, we don't really you know, have a preference. Now, not just that, uh, a lot of software-defined vendors will also claim to do that. We've actually embedded intelligence and classification into our storage products at the core itself. Why is, that, why is that important? Why is that a unique thing that the customer should care about? Because historically, storage is considered dumb, 
right? Storage is a place where you throw things and you lock it away and you access it using expensive tools like Tableau. I mean, I'm not saying Tableau is bad or anything. Tableau is fantastic, but it's 10 layers removed from storage. There are five different things that happen in terms of virtualization, extracting, transforming, loading the data, et cetera, et cetera, before it gets to a tool like Tableau. Prepping the data, right? Yep. There's a bunch of that. But what if you use the metadata that's already next to the data in storage and leverage that at the storage layer, you can make decisions way faster without having to use those five different layers in front of storage. That's what we're trying to do at, at Veritas, right? And if you just take that to a use case, um, there, if you go to a financial service, they have all of these uh, papers with images of people and names written on the paper, right? If you just scan that and store it somewhere, it's just a file for the storage. But if the storage is able to intelligently classify that, it will do facial recognition of that image, it'll identify the person and actually start helping the bank make intelligent decisions on that data about that person, right? So it's content-based uh, search as opposed to just context-based search with metadata, which most storage will do. Um, and and we're trying to get to that level of granularity uh, with every vertical with, with software-defined storage. I know it's a long answer to the question you asked, but storage was, was a hot topic in Brazil. Um, and the second biggest topic, because you know we discussed cloud, was moving things to the cloud. I have all of these applications that I've been using for years and years. Now, how do I move everything to the cloud without breaking something, without having downtime? That was another conversation, and the product for that is Veritas Resiliency Platform, uh, or VRP short, right? And, uh, and VRP has been very successful in many POCs we've done with Brazilian customers, and they're all looking forward to adopting VRP extensively to, to move their workloads and applications into different clouds, whether it's Amazon, Microsoft, or others. Yeah, I I can certainly echo that as well on the on the VRP side. There are a ton of customers interested in the migration use case. I think that's that's probably first and foremost on the top of almost every person I talk to um, in Brazil. Right? Yeah, we we're adopting cloud. Yes, we're moving workloads. How can you help me? But I think what was surprising. Um, so I delivered the presentation on these misconceptions, right, about what was actually a customer's responsibility versus uh, the cloud provider's responsibility with respect to the data management, right? And I think what was surprising was how many people actually felt that the cloud provider was solely responsible for these applications that have migrated into the cloud for their complete and total uptime of whatever business service they were they were providing, right? The 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 responsibility that they had in the data center somehow magically disappeared when they look at migrating the workload to the cloud, which is not the case, right? And I think that was a big um, big eye-opener for many customers there as, you know, as we sort of educated and informed them about that point. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You, you, know, you brought out a lot of key points around the cloud research we've done during your presentations, both at the Vision Solution Days as well as at the Gartner IT Expo where you presented, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I'll turn to asking you the question, I suppose, <laughs> right now, where, where what were the two or three things uh, that stood out for your audience when you presented that data for them from the research, right? There's a lot of data there, but w which were the top three things that they were intrigued by? Well, see, I think the, the funny thing is I actually had the benefit of the data to know what would be the, the most interesting points to raise because they told me so, right, in the data itself. 
Uh, and those were primarily around data protection, about the availability and uptime of their applications in the cloud, and then the data privacy and compliance pieces. So one of the, you know, the key point, uh, point number one on data protection was the majority of organizations felt like if I put my workload in the cloud or if I put my data in the cloud, the cloud provider is now responsible for protecting it. And just to inform the audience, this is not a knock against any cloud provider because they do a great job in what they do. The problem is that the end user, the customer, misunderstands that because I put my data in the cloud that somehow I don't need to protect it anymore, and that's not the case. Right? The, 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 the responsibility of protecting that data is still the customers. It's even written that way in the contract. So I think that was that was eye-opener number one, how many people actually felt, whoa, I, I'm responsible for that? I got to protect the data? Okay. And then it was, well, how do I do that best? And then we had very interesting conversations, right? CloudPoint came up. Um, certainly NetBackup, our fl flagship uh, data protection pro uh, product, backup is that came up. There's many different ways, right? And whatever meets the customer's need, we're able to provide that solution. I think the second point was around this, um, you know, this availability and uptime of your application in the cloud. Many of the folks there felt like that was solely the cloud service provider's, you know, responsibility. That once that application is running in the cloud, that uh, you know, and if the cloud experiences an outage, as an example, that they are 100% at the mercy of the cloud provider to get their infrastructure back up and running in order for their service to recover, which is also not the case, right? And so I think that was a big eye opener. And then lastly was just this, uh, you know, sort of reliance on the cloud provider to do all their compliance auditing, to, to be responsible for data privacy and compliance regulations like GDPR, like the cloud provider is somehow magically going to take that responsibility on themselves, which is also not the case as well. So I think part of, part of our task was educating the customer that these things are still your responsibility, and then most importantly, providing the appropriate solution to then help them solve those challenges that they now are educated that they have to actually be responsible for. And that was really what stood out for me. Yep. No, those those are, I think, top three for everyone across the globe, honestly. And I'm going to put a shameless product pitch in just because we're having this conversation on the Veritas podcast is, you know, people should go try our CloudPoint product that we've just announced uh, recently. You know, it's uh, it's something that we've designed for the cloud, for data protection in the cloud, for snapshot management in the cloud. And uh, it's something we've invested heavily in. And I think our product, you know, it's available for free on the website. So we, you know, I want our audience to, our listeners to go go try it out. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. That's uh, that's very nice of you. Um, CloudPoint, yeah, it's a it's a cloud native application. We built from the ground up, um, and it solves some pretty unique use cases. Certainly, some that resonated very well with our Brazilian audience down there, but should re resonate with any um, you know cloud admin or somebody who's deploying applications onto cloud infrastructure, right? And even in, in data center architectures as well. CloudPoint is a snapshot management and orchestration uh, product. We're adding in a bunch of really key data protection features as well, but there is a free trial on it. So our audience can check that out. If you just go to veritas.com, search for CloudPoint trial, it pops right up. Fantastic. Is there any other, actually, let me, let me break away um, from the business side, while you were down in Bra in Brazil, did you do anything fun? Did you have any memorable, you know, event uh, that you'll take away? I thought I thought I'd escape this podcast without having to discuss <laughs> this. Well, I did I did get engaged to my uh, long term girlfriend over in Rio. Woo! So congratulations! Thank you, thank you. So uh, that was uh, that was a highlight. I'll never forget. 
but yeah, you can't beat the beach, the sun, and the Caipirinhas. I think we need to go down to Brazil more often, or just I just Latin America in general. More. Uh, unfortunately, the Christ statue was closed for me. Uh, the Jiu-Jitsu Academy I tried to visit was also not having Jiu-Jitsu classes that day. So my experience was a little different on the personal side. <laughs> What's well, a sign, Alex? That means you need to take your wife there with you. You can't just have all the fun by yourself, right? Got to yeah. make the investment. Apparently. Yeah, 30 hours from Hawaii. Looking forward to that one. <laughs> well, you can't really complain when you live in Hawaii. Sure. <laughs> cool. Well, <laughs> I appreciate you joining us, Jyothi. Thanks for uh, for attending our, I don't even know what episode number this is, but it was great having you on the Veritas, uh, Voice of Veritas podcast. Um, we'll look to have you again on, you know, in the near future, on future episodes, discussing more important topics related to what Veritas does from a data management perspective. Thank you to our audience again for listening. And until next time.